Thank you for the time. Want to dig into the new album and uh, certainly talk about the tour and get your opinion on a couple of things. But uh, let's dig into the album first, man. I feel like this is kind of your Chinese democracy, like the album that took years and years and years to get out. But obviously a lot happened, label change, pandemic. But uh, talk to me about getting into this album. How quickly after Lilith did you guys start working on this one? Oh, man. We started working on this in 2019. Uh, we kind of decided to take 2019 off of touring just to write and record. Okay. And so we we wrote and recorded. We did exactly what we thought we were going to do. And then, obviously, when <laughs> we wanted to release a bunch of music at once, the world shut down. <laughs> But in the end, it was actually a blessing in disguise because it inspired us to hop back into the studio and record more music, which we did. And now we have a double album. Yeah, I love it. But I was kind of curious, too, just geeking out. A couple tunes not on there. Bottom of the Bottle and Last Dance, I expected to be on the album that kind of came out in that time period, but didn't make the album. No, no, no. It's a double album. So there there are two albums coming out. So So there's... There's an uh, there's an album called Eye for an Eye that has Bottom of a Bottle, Sleeping with the Enemy, Last Dance, yeah. It's Killing Time, Baby, like a lot of the stuff that we released early on in um, you know 2020, 2021, and early 2022, and then everything else that we kind of release after I'd say summer of 2022 mm-hmm. is on. Uh, so the world's blind. Okay. That, that's the album I got, and that's the album I was loving. And I'm guessing here, <laughs> I'm guessing here that that intro on Darn That Nightmare is you, right? Yes. <laughs> I love it. It kind of so, kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, of Monster's Ball, where you do that carnival barker kind of thing. It kind of had that same old school feel to it. Yeah. So we decided we kind of wanted to do something a little bit different as the intro um i'm a huge fan of yeah like lounge music or uh you know frank sinatra era big band and stuff. so yeah so we found an edit james uh you you kind of have a little bit of a a nod to if you will of that era with darn that nightmare and it's it's loosely based off of darn that dream ah. so yeah, and, and you'll hear a bunch of uh, death metal lyrics over <laughs> some lounge type uh, 30s and 40s music. So to us, it's uh, it was really really fun to do. Carla did sing some of the some of the parts in it. Um, so it is kind of a, a little thing be- between the both of us, but it is it's really fun. Felt felt like you felt like your yeah, personality, you know, to, to come up. It with is. That. So well, then, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I, so that's the beginning of the album. I got to take it to the end of the album real quick and don't touch my pole. Who was that drunk dialing? I have no idea. <laughs> so in 2009, I got this voicemail in the middle of the night from a phone number that was, uh, relocated to somewhere in Illinois. I have no idea who made that call. It was some bar in the middle of Illinois. And like I said, 2009. So I've had this in my back pocket since then and wanted to put it as a hidden track at the end of an album. Yeah. But I figured 
it's so good that it kind of <laughs> deserves its own title. So, <laughs> so we have some uh, fun intro and fun outro for for uh, till the world's blind. Oh, I love which it. It's cool for us. You know, we, we're we've always really wanted to do something like that, and as as uh, you, this. The, the double album came about we decided to name everything after the last full track on the album which is called till the world's blind mm-hmm. the last lyric of the album is eye for an eye till the world's blind mm-hmm. and that's where it kind of splits off like that it's kind of like the end of that chapter chapter i love it i love that you're still caring about albums and doing yeah, albums in this day and age where it's such a singles world everyone's just doing singles and i love that old school album and and that's what i loved in listening to it it was an album from start to finish and it takes you on a yeah. journey there's heavy tunes there's melodic tunes it, there's a, a personal tune like last december sounds like a really deep personal tune and, and i'm guessing yeah. one of your tunes as well yeah, you know, I've always believed and always been a fan of albums when they take you on a roller coaster ride. Yes. And that's that's exactly what we've tried to do with every single album that we've come out with. We we come up with the sequence, we sit and we listen to the sequence over and over and if there's anything that feels like jarring and super out of place, we we have to kind of reevaluate things. Now, I have to be honest, there's really nothing that can follow last December <laughs> in a tasteful, a tasteful manner, right. including in our, in our live shows, which we've been playing on tour. Um, but something has to follow it and it can't be the last song on the album. It really can't. It needs, it needs to have redemption. It needs to have a palate cleanser because yeah. the song is, a is innately about survival. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, when it came down to it, I really wanted to throw it in the middle to kind of give the it, the listener a palate cleanser, but also just kind of bring it down super, super low and then bring it back yeah. up and let it skyrocket out. I love it. That's what I love about this album. Like I said, it takes you on a journey. There's there's that roller coaster. So many good songs. You know, Back Streets of Tennessee kind of reminded me a little bit of yeah. like Pomona on the last album. I love that you're dropping specific places. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's. I don't even know why we picked Tennessee, but um, I think maybe because subconsciously I've been wanting to move there. <laughs> <laughs> so so we kind of had this idea and. And as we were writing it, it kind of became our grindhouse. So if you know the movie Grindhouse uh, from Quentin Tarantino, there's a lot of reference in that song Ah. um, from Grindhouse. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I-40 going to make you scream. Like, There's all sorts of different things that really kind of tie into it. We love storytelling. That's something that's been a huge part of Witcher Baby since we started is just finding a story and writing about it. We did it with uh, Big Grim Sleeper off of our first album, was, which was written about Lonnie Franklin, who was known as the Grim, Grim Sleeper in Los Angeles. And he was a serial killer for 13 years. It was wild. Actually, even longer. Um he like, took a 13-year break and then went back into it. Wow. And then on our second album, we have a song called The Butcher, 
which was written about a child in the United Kingdom who was obsessed with the TV show Dexter and he mutilated his girlfriend and like it was a, a big old thing and he had this imaginary friend named Ed and so hear about that in the song The Butcher so kind of you know bringing it into this world we were really inspired Back Streets of Tennessee by Grindhouse. I've always loved Quentin Tarantino's work. And so I thought it'd be kind of cool to write from the perspective of the driver in Quentin Tarantino's movie Grindhouse. Love it, love it, and uh, we talk about the we talk about the heavy. We talk about the 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 true stories, and also a little tongue firmly plant in the cheek on tunes like "The Devil Cut Me Off" and stuff like that. Yeah, that that tune is so much fun. <laughs> so the the boys came up with a a cool little riff, you know, and, and they just built on it and built on it. And sometimes Carl and I would leave the room to let the boys just kind of riff on something. Mm. So we went to the gym and we came back and they had written devil cut me off. Wow. Cause this whole album was basically written it, it, till the world's blind was basically written in six weeks. Wow. And so it was like, a, it was a group effort just in a snapshot of time doing what we could in that moment. And, um, and we came back and we always just had this idea. It's like something's just, caught me loose like you're partying harder than anyone's ever partied in their lives like the devil would cut you off and that's where that kind of came about i love it so it it, that one was truly a brainchild between everyone in the band and it it came together so fast i really want to film a video uh for, for that at some point and have some some of our you know, other musician friends play the the devil and ah. the god. So we'll see what happens. That'd be fun. Fun video too for should uh, be fun <laughs> for um, uh, Red Thunder out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah, that was super last minute. <laughs> <laughs> we actually were not going to re- release that song next. Mm. It was uh, it was slated. There was a different song that was slated to be released next to pre- you know preview the album. Sure. And I sat I sat on it for weeks and weeks and weeks and we filmed a video for it and I was just like this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. I feel like Red Thunder needs to be what showcases what the entire album is about. And so I called everyone in the band and luckily Carla was in Los Angeles and I live in Las Vegas. Now Henry lives in Las Vegas. Our drummer Chase lives in Las Vegas and uh, Ricky, our, our bass player lives in Los Angeles. Carla was there for the weekend, even though she lives in Chicago. Yeah. And so I called her and I said, you know what? Can we get everyone here tomorrow and we will film this and we'll get it done and I'll edit it. So this was I directed, produced, and edited this video. Oh wow! And it was it was really fun to do. It was really really fun. So all the camera work, except for all myself, <laughs> <laughs> all the camera work was me, and I edited and produced and directed it. But I've also directed a handful of our other videos. So 
it was kind of a natural progression for me. Really cool. And, you know, dig into the lyrics to that one, because I was singing along. I think it's a perfect single, especially being a radio guy. It's got a great hook in it, but it never, Thank you. the lyrics never say red. So I was kind of curious where the red came from, because you just say thunder in the lyrics. You know, um, a lot of these songs, uh, we, we write and we have working titles for our music every single album we've done there's always a theme our first or sorry our second album were stores like ross or subway or uh albertson's or you know anything like that and then our third album were cars we had mustang and gto and cuda and this album <laughs> Leave it to Henry, who <laughs> always comes up with the themes. It's his job. He decided to do Vietnam battles. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so Red Thunder was actually the working title of this song before it ever had lyrics, before it ever had uh. anything. It was a working title of the song. And after I heard the music, I realized this song actually calls for its working title hmm. and the things that we wrote about just kind of made sense. And in fact, Beaver Cage is the same way. Beaver Cage was a working title named Beaver Cage, which <laughs> is actually a battle in the Vietnam War. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. No one really knows that. <laughs> I know. Wild, right? <laughs> Very wild. And, uh, you know, this is the part little uh help yes. from chad gray on that one but, yeah but i gotta be honest i didn't hear chad in the tune is he singing along or you may have gotten an old version of it maybe because i listened to that thing five thousand times and i'm like i do not hear chad i know you are in carla's voice but i'm like i'm not hearing chad on this one I think you got an old version of it then because ah, yeah, he's very version. prevalent. <laughs> he's very, very, we'll make sure you get the new one. He's very prevalent in of it. And honestly, that was the very last track to be finished on this album ah. just uh, a few months ago. So it, we knew from the beginning of writing and recording this song that we wanted Chad to be the male vocalist on this. And we finished recording this song last summer in 2022 mm -hmm. vocally for myself and Carla, but Chad was out with Mudvayne doing a bunch of stuff. And, and I, I knew, and I had spoken to him about it and I'd given him, you know, this is the idea of the song. This is what I think it means. I think for you and I both like this could mean something and you know he's been one of my one of mine and henry's best friends he and shannon are our best friends in las vegas sure and so it just really made sense to have him on this tune and so i we waited until he was done with mudvayne's touring and mudvayne's recording to come back and record this with us and I'm so glad we did because I'm sorry you haven't heard it, but it is <laughs> so, so, so gorgeous. It's coming out with the album. You will hear it. Chad, I think you, you'll hear a somber part of Chad that a lot of people 
who are true Chad Gray fans have heard, mm-hmm. but people who are Mudbane fans that just think of Dig or Happy, right, right. you know, they're going to really hear this vulnerable side of Chad, which is incredible. We sat down and wrote some of the lyrics to this song together and working with a powerhouse vocalist and songwriter like him was truly an honor. Um, I respect him so much as, you know, one of my best friends, but also as an artist that I've looked up to since I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, uh, it, it really is kind of a full circle moment for me. Well, speaking of Chad, you're going to spend the summer with him on the psychotherapy yeah. sessions tour. We got you in Southern California, uh, August 17th at Five Point Amp in Irvine. I bet that's the one night you'll sleep in your own bed that night. Oh, no, wait, you're in Vegas now. That's right. I know. I live in Las Vegas I know. now. I, I was in California I, I, for you. I hopped, I hopped state lines just a couple <laughs> of years ago. and um, But, you know, California will always be a home for me. I've got several homes now. One being my tiny little bunk in my tour bus here. Um, <laughs> no, but um, but uh, I, I'm so excited to to be back in California and be playing again in California. And not only just in California, but Orange County, yeah. Irvine, and it, being able to play Five Point is a dream come true as well. That's one amphitheater that Butch Rubies has never played. So. Uh, we're really looking forward to it, but we're also really looking forward to every single band on that bill. Yeah, sick Between, n- Yeah, right? Between Nonpoint and then Gore, whom <laughs> we've toured with both of those guys before, and both just slay. And then you get it, Cold Chamber, which we've been friends with those guys for you know almost two decades. And then, of course, our, our, our friends in Mudbane, and uh, and then us. <laughs> so I, I we're very, very, very excited about it. When we got the call that we actually secured the tour, it was a, a party on all <laughs> angles, just raging, raging, raging. We're ready for a good summer. Yeah, it's it's been the tour I've been looking forward to the most this summer. As soon as that got announced, I was like, God, that's almost like a mini Ozfest or something, you know, a mini Mayhem Fest or something. Yes. Yeah, throwing it back. It's mm-hmm. crazy because we, as a band, are the newest band on that <laughs> yeah, that that's lineup, true. and that's we've been true. around. We've been around for fifteen <laughs> years. So, you think about how long these other bands yeah. have been around. Like, it almost feels like we're the new school band, even though you know I, I feel like we're kind of veterans in our in our <laughs> genre at this point <laughs> even the last 10 years you've played more shows in mud vein and cold chamber combined you know <laughs> we won't tell them that <laughs> <laughs> maybe this summer alone <laughs> yeah exactly <Just> kidding. <laughs> love it and appreciate the time last couple of things i wanted to hit you with it blew my mind yeah. uh speaking of la kind of a la staple uh otep Last year celebrated her 20th anniversary of her debut album, and it got me to thinking, like, she doesn't really get the credit she deserves as an OG, like, female screamer, like, death metal growls and stuff. And I wonder if she had any kind of influence on you coming up. I actually, I actually, like, we toured with her once upon a time, but other than that, she wasn't really on my radar. Hmm. It was more of like a, like an arch enemy and I was more into like fly leaf and um, uh, evanescence and stuff. But then when I heard the screaming, I was more of like a fan 
of males in in metal because that's what I was really I had I had grown up with. Right. I had seen that. So I grew up in kind of like corn and slipknot and limp biscuit. So I wasn't really driven by like other females in metal. Um but you know, granted my band is named after the first <laughs> female to really grace this beautiful genre, which is Wendy O. Williams. Very and true. she had the song Butcher Baby. Right. So um but I didn't actually know about her as a kid either. I, I, I found out about her as an adult ah. and really fell in love with and was inspired by the person that she was standing up against the patriarchy of just like women are supposed to sound a way women are supposed to be this way. Women are supposed to dress and sound a certain way. And to me, um, you know, Wendy went out there and she just, she just defied all odds with the utmost power, which is actually the attire that butcher babies first started with, which right. was the nipple tape and everything <laughs> was what Wendy O wore. So, so I, I would say that, you know, uh, throwing it back to that, but I I wasn't even I wasn't really introduced to a lot of females hmm. in metal as a kid, unfortunately. Well, and now now you're paving that path for so many other women coming up now too. It's great, great to see it all reciprocate. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. You know, it's like I hope I can at least leave some sort of positive path. Um, that's as I've gotten older, I think that that's the the utmost important thing to me is, is leaving some sort of positivity. I think as I've gotten older, we've, I've started living my life in a really a more positive way and focusing on ways that I can, I can hopefully, you know, show someone positivity in the genre mm -hmm. rather than, you know, the classic taboo of it. Yeah. So, um, so thank you. I, 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 that's what I'm striving for each and every day while we're out here on the road. <laughs> so. I love it, Heidi. Last thing I got for you, we're an old school station. We do mandatory Metallic every night at 10 p.m., which you're going to be a part of. And I've been having this little Metallica debate lately between my friend Brad, who sings in the band Against the Sun, debating the best Metallica album. Brad, okay. Brad's pick is Ride the Lightning. My pick is Master of Puppets. How say you? Between those two. Okay, I'm going to go, oh, between those two? Those two. Ride the lightning or master of puppets. I'm I'm actually I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go with uh, the newest one, seventy two seasons. Ah, I do love that album. That that's definitely Honestly, my album of the year. We've we've seen Metallica at their some of their best on this new album, so I'm really excited about it. But out of those, it's two, cool to see them back. Out of those, out of those two, two, ride the lightning. Ride the lightning. Wow! See, you had an answer, right? You knew that you knew the answer to that question. Any any reason why, or is that you just the one you go to? Me these. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just one one that would drew me in more. And what song can we play for you on Mandatory Metallica? Okay, if you're gonna play one song of all the songs, it has to be Fuel. Fuel. Okay. Yeah. Has to be fuel. Any particular reason? That's just your <laughs> that's just your jam from them. I have a reason. Okay. So I was I was an athlete as a kid, mm -hmm. and I was a high jumper, and it was the fuel. Give me fire. Give me that what I desire. Was my like 
boom, to <laughs> hit that left foot and hop over that pole. Honestly, Metallica uh, got me through some of the craziest meets of my life. I competed in the Junior Olympics in Russia. Oh, wow. I was, you know, an athlete all over the world. And um, that song. Beautiful. That was perfect. Thank you so much, Heidi. Appreciate the time. Love the album. Can't wait Thank to see you, you out there on the Mudvayne tour in, in uh, Five Point. Yay. We'll see you there. Thank you so much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Have, have a good day. See ya. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at Mike Z 967 And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.